This Marketplace podcast is supported by Invest Puerto Rico. Build the future in paradise. Puerto Rico, a hub for innovators brimming with world-class talent and a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem. Learn more at investpr.org backslash marketplace today. All right. I hear Jasper coming up the stairs. I think I have everything I'm supposed to muted. So uh, let's do a show. Hey, everybody. I'm Amy Scott. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. It is Friday, July 21st. Thank God it is Friday, really, for sure. It was a week. I'm Kimberly Adams. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us once again for Economics on Tap, our Friday happy hour. The YouTube live stream is up and running. I see you all are in there sharing your drinks, which is awesome. And I'm going to check in on the Discord in just a moment. Um, But we are going to have some news today. We're going to have a game. And we're going to have drinks. So, Amy, what are you drinking? Well, I made something special because I got a nudge a couple days ago. We're now putting (laughs) our drinks in the newsletter ahead of time. So I was like, well, what am I going to make? I have to plan ahead. So um, I have a bottle of Luxardo Maraschino liqueur from way back in the spring. Right, when we did our our cherry blossom, our kind of ill-fated live stream (laughs) cherry blossom party. And I was like, well, I don't know what else to do with it. So I looked up some recipes and I made myself this beautiful looking um, cherry margarita. Seemed summery. We'll see how it tastes. Let's do it. Oh, that's nice. I'm going to have to make it it slow. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think I will. Speaking of How taking it slow, I'm I'm actually afraid of my drink today um, because Uh-oh. it has gin in it, and gin is the devil. And oh, I we know usually, how you feel about gin. I don't mess with gin on a normal basis, but um, at my Fourth of July party, one of my good friends and her son brought me a bottle of homemade blackberry gin, and Ooh. I had blackberries growing on my rooftop, along with some mint and some cucumber, which all go together in a cocktail that I found online. And so I've got some blackberries from my garden, a cucumber from my garden, and I mixed it all together. And it's actually about the same color as yours. Oh, there's a lot in there. Oh, dear. It's still going. Um. <laughs> I don't really know my portions. A fresh pour, that's classy. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I'm gonna, but I have my um, seltzer water here so that I can thin this out. But let's see how it is regular. Oh, it looks pretty. It's, it's, it's nice. Um, it's very herbal. Because it's got mint, it's got cucumber, it's got blackberries. I am going to add a little seltzer water to it because I'm afraid. Um, so this will be an interesting show. Mm. But let's see what uh, everyone in the chat is drinking. Steve has a ginger lime mule seltzer that looks like it's non-alcoholic. And I see that Bob has a Zinfinity blend from Sonoma County. I do love a good Zin, so that's exciting. Yeah, I love it. Everybody's bringing it today. And uh, you can all Sounds laugh good. at me as I try to navigate my, uh, my drink. Amy, what's your news? <laughs> All right. Well, um, 
You may have seen some news about this this week. It's been kind of unfolding. New York City is dealing with a, a huge uh, influx of migrants seeking asylum mm -hmm. from uh, places mostly in South America or Central America crossing the U.S.-Mexico border. In some cases, they've been put on buses by Republican governors in southern states and sent to New York for uh, political protest. But uh, more than 90,000 have arrived just since April 2022. And it's created a huge strain on the city's homeless shelters. And this week, Mayor Eric Adams has basically told people, stop coming, we're full, uh, which is tricky in New York, because unlike other cities that are receiving a lot of these migrants, New York has a mandate, a right to shelter mm. rule that basically says if someone shows up at a city shelter, you have to house them within 24 hours. Um, and that goes wow. back to 1981. And it's one reason that New York City has a smaller unhoused population than many other large cities. Uh, but, you know, even though... Uh, Dozens, over 150 new shelters were opened as part of this kind of emergency response. Um, in some cases, you know, hotels, jails, uh, it's just not enough space. And so the mayor is trying to roll back the, the right to shelter mandate in court. Um, he announced this week that changes, uh, some changes that would limit shelter for some migrants to 60 days, mm -hmm. which isn't very long. And in most cases, people need a lot more time to find housing, especially because uh, undocumented immigrants aren't, don't qualify for most housing assistance. So it's really hard to get out of the shelter and find permanent housing. Um, but I think kind of the thing that's gotten the most uh, backlash really is these bright yellow flyers that the city has said mm -hmm. it's going to distribute to southern to the southern border basically saying laying out all the reasons people shouldn't come to new york city um it lists you know the, the expensive housing the fact that the city mm -hmm. may not be able to provide shelter and says in quotes please consider another city as you make your decision about where to settle in the u.s and uh, Bloomberg City Lab reported today that migrants are already being turned away from shelters and basically told, we can't help you. So that it's is, a real crisis. That's, that's rough. Um, it's like a lose-lose situation for those folks because they're so often trafficked or lied to or manipulated in some way when they are trying to cross the border and then it's just a bad situation kind of no matter what once you get to the other side. Um, so uh, I'll be very fascinated to see if uh, his plans, Eric Adams's plans, stand up in court because he's basically saying that the law does not apply to these folks. Uh, so right. I'll be watching that for sure. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Well, uh, <laughs> By the way, I see I see all of you in the chat commenting on Jasper and being worried about whether or not he's going to jump on my hair again. I, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on him. He's and, looking and pretty innocent right now. Oh, that's how he always looks. Curious, when he does something terrible. Curious, but innocent. <laughs> yeah. So my story is is also about vulnerable folks. Um, it's a piece in Axios mm. about you know, the heat wave that many of us are experiencing and the fact that this is going to be probably the new normal, but also that while there are legal protections for 
you know, being out in extreme conditions when it comes to cold, in many places, you don't have the same kind of legal protections when it comes to heat. And so folks are out here working in this heat on construction sites or, you know, doing deliveries or doing whatever that has you outside without air conditioning, often with little protection. And there are a lot of heat related deaths that are happening. And I'm reading from Axios here, no federal law protects workers specifically from extreme heat. And the Occupational Safety and Health Act, which OSHA, as we most of us know it as, prescribes a general duty for employers to keep their work safe, but it's a broad provision that businesses could likely challenge in court. And the Biden administration has said it's going to add heat safety rules, and they made that announcement in 2021, but they're not close to being done with those regulations. And then once those regulations come out, you can expect the inevitable legal challenges. And in the meantime, um, Texas the Texas legislature has actually approved a bill that would strip cities' authority to enforce local regulations that put sort of heat rules in place. And it, you know, this is going to be a an ongoing issue because the heat is probably here to stay. And you know, I'm really worried for folks. Sean Martin in the chat says, having worked outdoors in 115 degree heat in full coveralls, hard hat, and a respirator, I can vouch for the importance of breaks in the heat. I'm not happy about what they did to workers in Texas. Ah, <sighs> yeah, that, that's Yeah, rough. you know, I'm sitting here sweating in my closet because I'm in Baltimore mm. and this is the un, uninsulated, unair-conditioned part of the house. And, um, preparing for a reporting trip to Phoenix where, you know, it's just been unrelenting. And uh, last season of How We Survive, we we focused on sea level rise, but part of my reporting led us to um, the the first ever chief heat officer in a U.S. city, um, in, in the city of Miami. And her job is basically to figure out how to cool off Miami, how to make it safer for workers, how to to regulate. And, you know, this it's here, as you said, it's here. It's too late, really, for for these regulations. We need to figure out how we're going to keep people safe because it's really deadly. It is. And, you know, we may end up having to take a page out of the books, book of, you know, people living in the Middle East or in some parts of Africa where a lot, you know, parts of Africa are in the Middle East. I'm not even going to get into that. But, um, I'm, you know, there are a lot of places where they just do more stuff in the evening. You know, you stay up late and businesses are open from like four o'clock in the afternoon till midnight and then open from like six in the morning to 10, but they're not open in the middle of the day because it is too hot to safely um, operate in, you know, your <laughs> your cars aren't safe to operate, cars overheat on the street. It's, it's a bad situation. So yeah, that is, um, oh, right. April McCaffrey points out that um, for the SAG after st- strikes, one of the studios trimmed the tree to take away the shade from the writers and actors striking um, and, you know, You're putting kidding. them out in the heat. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of photos of it um, that, you know, some of the shade trees where they were picketing, uh, they trimmed back those limbs pretty severely. And I saw an arborist on TikTok talking about how not only was it mean, but it was like the worst way to trim these trees for the health of the trees. Yeah, but, why take it out on, on not only the people, but the trees? We need those yes, trees. Yes. Oh, man. Huh. <sighs> 
Okay. We have finished the news, and we are going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, Drew Drawstad is going to join us for the game Not Half Full, Half Empty. Today we are going to play This or That, and we are going to be right back. See, the problem with gin is that you don't taste it in the same way that you taste other kinds of alcohol. And so it's like, I, I'm aware that gin is in there, but since I can't really taste it all that much, like, it's Oh, is it's that a little why it's harder. the devil? It, like, sneaks up on you? Sure, that's why. Anyway, um, <laughs> it is time to play <laughs> this or that. Um, Drew Drostad is here and he is going to give us some topics to pick from. And we are going to tell you which of the two that we prefer. Uh, okay, Drew, let's do it. All right. And it's a special midsummer edition of this or that. So to start off, are you an ice cream cone person or frozen yogurt person? <laughs> Amy, you I go am ahead. an ice cream person. I should be a frozen yogurt person. I love ice cream. But I have to say, I'm not a sugar cone person. I like the plain mm. cone that every place has a different name for it. When I grew up, like it was a plain cone? cone. No, like, it's like, it looks like a piece of styrofoam that's beige. Oh, it's like, yeah. Some people call it a I cake know cone or a, there's another name. About. When I was growing up, it was just a plain cone, but that's my jam. A nice yeah. big scoop of ice cream on styrofoam. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like most people are saying cake cups or cake cones. So, okay. Um, yeah. Sure. I never I, know uh, how to order it. <laughs> <laughs> I just like point the, the, that one. The yellowish one. <laughs> yes. I definitely prefer um, frozen yogurt or did you say frozen yogurt or frozen custard yogurt well oh yeah because you can have whatever you other, want yeah yes so because I'm from st. Louis I have to default to frozen custard and I saw somebody shout out Ted Drew's Kathy I see you Ted Drew's frozen <laughs> custard in st. Louis it's a big thing for us um, because it's frozen so solid that before they serve it to you, they actually like it's it doesn't have a lid on it and it's in a cup. But before they serve it to you, they turn it upside down, which is like proof that it's so thick and creamy that it won't fall out. Um, and so they'll call it like a concrete <laughs> or something. It's delicious. But oh, like I'm the also Dairy lacti- Queen Blizzard, don't they do that? No, they, they like they, hold they it upside that. down. I, I believe they oh, took they that did? from Tedros. I oh, I'm deciding a lawsuit that that about is what that happened. Somewhere. Um, I feel like, I feel like that was ours first. I don't know if that's true. I'm just going to say it and probably, I guess, slander. <laughs> I'll somewhere. buy. I, don't um, I like frozen custard. I, however, am also lactose intolerant. And so whether it's frozen custard or ice cream, it, my body does not like it very much. And so I go with frozen yogurt or the lactose-free ice creams that you can get in different places. And I see um, some folks in the chat. Uh, Margie is in the mood for sherbet. My dad loved rainbow oh. sherbet. In, I like, used to love that. Every time I even hear sherbet, I think of my dad. So yeah, nostalgia. All right, what's Aww. next? All right. Would you rather go to an outdoor summer movie or outdoor summer concert? In this heat? Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Which part of the country? (laughs) Yes. 
For me, it's the mosquitoes. Man, I do not like being outside in the summer in the evening because I get eaten alive, which is really sad. Mm. If it's a screened-in theater, I would love it. Um, oh, so gosh. assuming you have insect repellent. Yeah, I know. It, it works a bit. Um, probably a concert. I'm going to say concert. I find it hard to... It's kind of distracting to watch a movie outside because there's usually like people running around and kids talking and not, you know, people aren't sitting still watching the movie. And so at a concert, you know, it's loud enough that that's fine. You don't have to pay attention so closely. But it's usually a movie that like you've seen before, right? Mm, mm -hmm. It's like a movie that's like old or re-released or something like that. I definitely prefer the outdoor movie. I love like sitting on the blanket, um, having my own snacks and like just chilling um, concerts. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big like outdoor concert person. It feels uncomfortable to me. I want a chair to enjoy music. <laughs> or if I'm going to be up and dancing, I want to be cool and dancing. And not like with with and I'm also I think like the pandemic still scares me uh, in terms mm. of outdoor concert and like people packed together. I need to like just get over it, but I'm not. Um, so I'm going to go with outdoor movie. Speaking of movies for your summer blockbuster, are you thinking Barbenheimer or Mission <laughs> Impossible? <laughs> <laughs> Kimberly, you go ahead. I got to think about this one. <laughs> I'm going to say Barbenheimer. I just uh, heard from a friend today. She's like, when do you want to go see Oppenheimer? And we're going to set that up, I think, next week. Um, I will probably also see the Barbie movie. I don't know if I'm going to see them both on the same day. Uh, but I definitely want to see Oppenheimer for sure. I don't know. Mission Impossible, I, I, I dig the stunts, but I feel like... Um, Tom Cruise is kind of the same person in every single movie he's ever been in. So, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. like Tom Cruise. Yeah. You know, I have to admit, I've never seen any of the Mission Impossible movies. How many have there been now? This is like number 12 or something. I, I've I'm sure the chat will tell us. <laughs> yeah. Tell us chat. And I don't see why I should break that streak. Uh, I definitely want to see both Oppenheimer and the Barbie movie. Um, mm -hmm. My mentor in grad school, John Else, actually made a documentary about Robert Oppenheimer the day after Trinity. Mm. Um, and so I'm really interested to see the, the sort of fiction version of this story. Um, and Barbie, it just looks hilarious. I was a huge Barbie kid, <laughs> I confess. So I want to see it. I was, I took the Metro home between um, hosting the PM show and coming home to scramble to make my cocktail and, and sit here. And there are all of these people obviously heading to the Barbie movie in their plastic world gear. And it was, it was fun to see. Yeah, it was fun. All right. Is this the last one? Do we have a poll? I got two more. Two, Two more. more. Okay, All let's right. do it. This one might be hard on Kimberly. I don't know. I'm going to make her pick between sci-fi or fantasy. <laughs> I thought it was going to involve gin. <laughs> <laughs> fantasy, actually. Um, because sci-fi can sometimes 
cut a little too close to home. <laughs> and the whole point oh, yeah. is escapism. Whereas fantasy, when you throw in the magic and the wizards and the dragons and the fairies and all those things, you know, unless I really want to stretch my imagination in terms of what I believe is operating in this world, I can kind of check out. But that is a tough one. Um, the TV I'm watching right now is mostly fantasy. The books that I'm reading right now are mostly sci-fi. Um, but I bounce back and forth between the two. So that, that was a tough one. That's mean. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard on her. Uh, I think I'm going to go with sci-fi. I actually am not a huge fan of either genre, to be honest. Um, like Kimberly's, sometimes sci-fi just, I it's like... I feel like you haven't read the right sci-fi and fantasy, if that is the case. Oh, probably. I could probably use your recommendations. I'll, I'll, the last sci-fi book I read was Octavia Butler, and I loved it. Um, but it was, I needed like a year off from scary... <laughs> You know, See, and that's the thing about some sci-fi, because Octavia Butler, you can read her work now, and it's basically like, oh, that's outside. Great. Yeah, that's today. Exactly. <laughs> Except for the and... cannibals. It's pretty much everything that's happening right now. Yeah. I mean, as far as we know. Um, as far as we know. Yes, yes. Yeah, but I'll, uh, I'll take your Rex for sure. I'm okay. always looking for something escapist to read because Dragon as Riders Kim really perm. knows journalists there read a lot of upsetting nonfiction. <laughs> Dragon Riders of Pern, although the debate on hmm. that one is do you want to read the Dragon Riders of Pern series chronologically in the order in which Anne McCaffrey and later Todd McCaffrey wrote them? Well, or assume do I can you read, want to read one them? One book. Let's not go crazy. I mean, for now. <laughs> Let me think more right, about Drew? that one. <laughs> I love the idea that I'm, I'm getting in for. Let a me series. just get my feet wet with this. <laughs> I need to go on vacation. Yes. All <laughs> right. I'm sure series. the chat is going to have uh, quite a few recommendations <laughs> for sort. You know what you would enjoy, Amy, in terms of fantasy. You would probably um, like either the book Aragon, or um, the discovery of a discovery of witches. You would like those books. Okay. I think. Yes. All right. I'm yes. taking notes. Thank you. Okay. Good stuff. All right. Now we have the poll. Now Correct. we have the poll. Uh, those of you in the YouTube live stream who are in the chat, get ready to vote. Uh, and I am excited to see what the next one is. This is going out to the soccer audience out there. Are you more excited for <laughs> tonight's uh, Team USA versus Vietnam from the World Cup? Or Lionel Messi's MLS debut with Inter. Miami. Oh my God, that's mean! No contest. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, it's a contest for you. <laughs> women's Women's World Cup, U.S. national team for sure. Have you seen the Megan Rapinoe ad? The yes, Nike Megan Rapino. Yes, Rapinoe, it's amazing. Sorry. It is amazing. Oh, I'm sorry. Everyone I didn't even let people this. vote. I don't care, but um, I'm, I'm. Oh shoot! Were we supposed to already. let people vote? I, I was, but Jin. I'm going to blame it on the Jin. It's the devil. It's the devil. All um, right, so should I Rapino, pause and let yes. people vote before I weigh in? Yes, yes. And I love your fan. I have a fan here I know. Somewhere. It's an envelope. I found an envelope here in the closet. It's so hot. I got uh, I'm not complaining, though, because I'm not a... working outside wearing all kinds of gear. I know. I'm just in my closet a hosting a podcast. from the hotel. When oh, I was nice. traveling, I got a pride fan at the hotel. It's like very efficient and it's got a rainbow on it, but it's somewhere around I love here. It. Anywho, uh, let's see. We've got 115 votes so far. Let's see. 
Um, gin is the devil. Yes, it is. Lots of people like this. Uh, at least one person likes the discovery of witches. I'm hearing quite a few people in favor of Dragon Riders of Pern. Um, someone else recommends the King Killer Chronicles, which I haven't seen. Hmm. Uh, a couple recommendations for Dune. Um, oh, yeah. You know. yep. Dune, so I kind of feel about Dune the way I feel about, um, what's it, um, Game of Thrones, right? Mm. It's very, very dense. First of all, and, you know, I'm sure I'll get yelled at, um, I don't think that the Game of Thrones were terribly well written, personally, um, although lots of people love them, and I did enjoy the show up until the last season. Um, but <laughs> Dune is, is, is well written, but very, very dense, and you got to, like, pay attention to it. So I don't know that that's your entry point into the sci-fi realm personally. Yeah, you know, I actually have to read or at least rewatch the the original Dune for work because mm. we're talking about water and the desert and it's so, you know, for research, I will consume yes. some Dune this summer. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll be very curious. Well, then you don't even need my recommendation. If you're going to be you are you going to read it or are you going to watch it? Uh, you know, at the rate I'm going on current books, probably going to watch it. Okay. You could also do the audio book. Yeah. Because it's not, be cool. you, you don't skim, right? It's hard to skim, mm -hmm. dude. <laughs> yeah, it's not one for skimming. Okay. So where are people falling am... on this soccer question? Because I have so Let's many Let's go thoughts. ahead and <laughs> close the poll. Close the poll. We have 131 votes. Let's do it. Do, 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 do. Um, I'm looking. Do I get to say what I feel now? Or do yes, I wait for the Yes, you can say what you feel Sorry, now. Sorry, I've forgotten I can how tell this you works. the answer. That's okay. So Team USA versus Vietnam, 87%, the correct answer. Uh, Messi's MLS debut, 12%. Okay, what are your feelings? Ah, okay. Well, yes, I mean, the World Cup is, is huge. Mm -hmm. Way more culturally significant in the long run than Messi joining uh, Major League Soccer in the U.S. But I'm also really excited to see that. I bought tickets to see... DC United play Inter Miami after it was announced that he was joining, but Ooh. before they announced when he would be starting. <laughs> so we, along with a lot of other fans who had overpaid <laughs> for their tickets, enjoyed a, a very exciting, I think it was 1-1 tied, sans Messi, <laughs> but it was such a fun game. The DC United fans sure. are awesome. We had such a good time. Um, I am excited for what he brings to soccer, just the excitement in the U.S., because mm -hmm. I come from a, a family, a long-time loving, soccer-loving family. I don't know how else to say that. I played, my husband played, his dad played in college, and we just, we love it, and my kids play. And, uh, and you know, you've probably, if you've been listening to the show when I guest host, soccer frequently comes up. So <laughs> we're just excited about all things soccer and definitely staying up to watch the game tonight. I'm very excited. Go USA. Yes, I'm excited. I, I want to stay up as well, but I also have to be up early tomorrow to go on a little hiking, camping trip with the friends. I don't know if I'm going to if I'm going to make it. Yes, I'm excited about it. Um, but <laughs> I'm enjoying everybody in the chat agreeing with me on Game of Thrones. The books not being great. <laughs> uh, thank you for the validation. I appreciate that. Um, I've people have yelled at me for that, but I believe it in my soul. All right. Thank you, everybody, for participating. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Yeah, I like so, this or that. It's a fun game. It's fun, yeah. 
Yeah, we're trying to mix it up a bit. And again, if anybody listening has a recommendation for a game you'd like to hear us try out on our Friday happy hours or that you want to play in the chat, let us know. We're definitely open to it. And uh, that's the end of our game. Okay, Kai and I are going to be back next week. And in the meantime, as you know, we've already started, we are still taking your summer reading recommendations. So if you're reading something that is making you smarter or just making you happy, whether it be fiction or nonfiction, or making you think real hard, perhaps, um, you can send that to us. We are at makemesmart at marketplace.org. You can also leave us a voicemail at 508-UB-SMART. And I'd love your sci-fi and fantasy recommendations in particular. Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's episode was engineered by Jake Cherry. Our intern is Nilo Farshabandi, and Drew Jostad wrote the theme music for our Friday game and, of course, hosted the game and does such a good job at it. The team behind our Friday game is Emily McCune and Antoinette Brock. Marissa Cabrera is our wonderful senior producer. And Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts. Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital and on demand. We like to mix it up. She has multiple titles. We give her them all. All of them. Many hats. Many hats. And some fascinators, too. Why not? Cheers, Kimberly. Cheers. <laughs> Fascinator. Fascinators. Always wanted to own one of those. Oh, I have some you can borrow. <laughs>